Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. How many of you, your mouth has ever gotten you in trouble? Uh, <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Some of you, maybe this week, your mouth has gotten you in trouble. Uh, maybe you said something that you regretted. And you, you said something out of frustration or, or, or through your emotions. Or, or let's be honest, many times we feel like, hey, I thought I'd be running to, to kind of say what I need to say. I got some things I got to get off my chest. Right? And, and sometimes we end up saying things in, in a moment, said something we shouldn't have said. Maybe we end up having to say I'm sorry for that thing that we had said. How many times have you had to say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. You were right. Many spouses in the room are probably thinking, oh, yeah, been there. It stings, doesn't it? Like, I like pie. Pie is good. But man, humble pie? That doesn't taste very good, does it? Oh, I ain't home with pie, though. We need it sometimes. My family, um, they like to have conversations on the other side of the house with me. Right? It's, not, uh, it's frustrating. I'm going to be honest. It's frustrating. Haley will call from the other side of the house. Kyle! I'm like, yeah. A couple seconds, a couple minutes later, like, Kyle! Like, like I didn't hear, or maybe I'm ignoring her. And then that's the come, and sometimes the kids do this, too. But then I say, Why? Like, oh, hold up. You don't speak to me like that. You know, like, then it's like, oh, like, why are you saying it like that, right? And I'm like, I didn't, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to get you to hear. Like, I, I heard what you said three times. And just, let's have a conversation in the same room. Right? It's crazy. But then I have to apologize. Listen, I'm, I'm sorry. My tongue came out. Because it's not always about what you say. Sometimes it's how you say it. That hurts sometimes. As well, so I might, I might need to apply to and apologize for moments, but but sometimes uh, we don't realize the power of our words, for good or for bad. Sometimes we criticize with our words. Sometimes we complain with our words. Sometimes we gossip with our words. Sometimes, if we're real honest today, which I hope you would in the house of the Lord, because I know you made it right with God. You come in here, don't be lying, right? But if we're real honest, sometimes we got a real big fat mouth. Come on, look at someone and say, you got a big mouth. Now the altar's going to be full today. I can feel it. Right? I pray that every week. I pray that the altar is full every week, but especially today. Come on, if you remember back in the 80s, 1986, I was five years old, just to put it in perspective for some of you. 1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger blew up, if you remember. You want to know why it blew up? Because there were some little rubber rings that were loose. Lives were lost and destroyed because of a very little small thing. And similarly, similar, I can't say the word. Just like that, I'll say it like that. <laughs> How much damage has been done because of a little word that was said, because of a little body part of ours called our tongue that has caused so many issues? Because somebody's tongue got loose. Maybe for many of us today, all of us, our tongue doesn't need to get loose. It needs to get loose, if you know what I'm saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you turn to James chapter 3 today? We've been in this series called Pressure Points. We've looked at the book of James to learn how our faith influences our works when the pressures of life are on us. We've talked about temptations. We've talked about trials. 
We talked about so many different things, and today we're going to look at the pressure of words. Um, Eric spoke last week, did an amazing job, and part of his message is, is kind of leading into what we're talking about today. Because at the end of chapter uh, 1 in James, it says, keep a tight rein on your tongue. Now James spends a whole, almost a whole chapter in chapter 3 talking about taming the tongue. And here's the deal. The words we speak are windows to our souls. It reflects what's inside of us. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It reflects what really is on the inside of us. And as we've learned throughout this, there's this uh, thing that James does. That he talks about faith and works and the correlation between the two things. Your faith influences your works. So the extent of your faith or whatever is in you is going to come out in your works one way or the other. It's a matter of your belief and behavior. Your belief influences your Behavior. So we've been talking about that over the past couple weeks, and today we're looking at the power of words in James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I did not mark my place, maybe all the way there. It's from the last time. Cool. James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Let's read it together, y'all. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boats. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil amongst the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sees the whole course of one's life on fire, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can be tamed, excuse me, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you for your goodness. I thank you, God. That we are continually being made in your image. God, that you are, are chiseling. You are chiseling out the impurities. And, and we are being refined by your fire, God. And I, and I pray that we all are in that process. But Lord, if we are not growing, we are dying. If we are not making steps towards you. If we are not taking steps towards maturity. and we're not taking steps towards growing. And God, we're falling away from you. We're falling, away from you. We're falling away from your blessings. We're falling away from your plan, God. And I, I don't want to be away from you. I don't want to be away from your plan, God. I need you. All of us, we need you. Draw us close to you, Father. Even if it hurts sometimes. Even if we got to eat bumble pie, God. Even if the chiseling is uncomfortable at times. Change us, God, from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. There are power in our words. There, there, there's power. We, we have the ability 
to, to speak life into people. We have the ability to encourage people. We have the ability to build people up. But the same, in the same time, though, we can do a lot of damage. We can tear people down. We can hurt people by one single word with one single little part of our body called the tongue. The first thing I want to talk about today is you need to know and understand the power of your words. Sometimes in the moment of frustration, sometimes in the heat of a moment, we, we don't realize that. We don't think about that. We just whip and just throw up all kinds of stuff. Know the power of your words. James here, he starts off talking about uh, how, how teachers are, and preachers and, and those teaching God's word, they're, they're going to be held accountable, probably more so for the words. But, but can I say this? He, he goes on to say, listen, we all stumble. Here's the deal. If you've been saved, set free, delivered by the power of God, guess what? We are all called to speak the gospel to people. Whether you're given the title of preacher, teacher, pastor, missionary, whatever, we are all called to speak of the goodness of God, wherever that may go. But... James goes on to say, we all stumble. We all stumble with our words. We boast, we complain, we, we speak out of frustration sometimes, or, or anger, we speak out of, out of gossip, and, and in different ways we stumble in all sorts of ways, but especially with our words. And we see, James, he gives us a standard for spiritual maturity. He says, look, we all stumble, but, but, but the person that contained their tongue that's, that's, the, that's the line there. That's the plumb line. That's the standard. This is, this is where we're, we're, we're trying to go. And that's the process. That's where we're trying to grow. James gives us a standard for that. Your faith should fuel your life. Right? Your words and your deeds. James, again, if you remember throughout this week, James is, is the leader over the Jerusalem church, which is mostly made up of Messianic Jews. Jews that have converted and now have accepted Christ into their life. So, so they're, they're changing a lot of things. They went from, from having religion now to having a relationship with Jesus. And James is teaching, hey, this is how, this is how we behave now. This is, how we, this is how we need to live. Like he's giving them instructions on how, how to move forward. This is what it means to live for Christ. Your belief now influences your behavior, especially in your words. James 3.2, he says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. There's that standard to keep his whole body in check. We all stumble, but guess what? If you can control the tongue, you can control the person. Right? If you can control your tongue, you can control yourself. And James argues from greater to lesser in verse 2. If one can control their tongue, then they'll be able to control the rest of their body. And he uses these great illustrations. He uses the horse, and he talks about this little part inside the horse's mouth, this bit in the horse's mouth, you can control the horse and where you want it to go. Likewise, a ship is controlled by one small part in comparison to the big ship that it is. The rudder controls the ship. He talks about fire and how, how the tongue can light a fire. Man, you can light a fire in somebody. You can encourage somebody. You can speak into their life and watch them uh, do amazing things, but we can also tear them down with that same tongue. And he used the illustration of a wildfire. On October 8, 1871, Miss O'Leary's cow kicked over a lantern at 8.30 p.m. And this led to the Great Chicago Fire. Maybe you've read about this in history books. It left 100,000 people homeless, 17,500 buildings destroyed, 300 people dead, and $40 million worth of damage. All because a cow kicked over a lantern. 
Right? One match can burn down a house. The tongue is like a match. It can set things aflame. How many fires in your home have you started with your words? How many fires have you started in your various relationships in your life with your words? How about on your job with your coworkers or with your boss? How many, how many, how about inside the church? How many fires have you started with your words? Words, while they can build up, they can also destroy and tear down. Better than anything else, the tongue displays the state of our hearts. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, and humanity alone cannot control the tongue. Going back to the, the illustrations that James used, the bit and the rudder, they're, they're small, but they're extremely important parts. If they're not controlled, the entire horse is out of control, or the entire ship is out of control. And it's possible for something as small as the tongue to have tremendous power for either good or evil. But you don't just solve the problem of an unruly horse by keeping him tied up in the barn. You don't solve the problem of a, of, a, of a wayward ship by just keeping it docked up, tied up, right? In the same way, even a vow of silence is not the ultimate answer for the misuse of our tongue, right? Because this is an inward change that needs to happen within silence. If the tongue is like a bit in the mouth of a horse or the rudder on a ship, it leaves us with this question. Who or what is at the reins? Who or what is at the helm? Driving the ship. Who or what is leading you in the words that you speak each and every day? Who or what is influencing how you behave at your homes, in your neighborhoods, on the job, in your schools? Who or what is leading you and guiding you in your words and in your actions? We need to surrender and submit ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. We need the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to submit our lives, our whole lives, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that what we believe comes out in how we behave. Now, if James just left us here and said, listen, your tongue, is, it can go crazy. It can start fire. It can cause a lot of damage. And if you just left us here, this would be not really a good message, right? I'm thankful that there is hope for us. I'm thankful that there is a change that can happen. I'm thankful that when I submit my life to the Holy Spirit, guess what? It doesn't have to be my words that I can speak from the power of God. That's what we need. That's what will change us. Thankfully, we are not left to ourselves. We don't have to have the last word. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all are going to be chewing on this today when you go home. You don't have to have the last word. We don't have to say everything that comes to our mind. The Holy Spirit will filter that stuff. Because Jesus died for us, for our sin, for our selfishness. We can learn to be selfless like Him. My words, my actions, my life, it can be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power will allow me to speak life. It will allow me to declare truth. It will allow me to go into a situation and change the room. It will allow me to walk into my job when things seem kind of tense. And I can go in and I can change the atmosphere. I can, I can pray over my house because my kids might be running around crazy. And I can say, hey, peace, be still in the name of Jesus. Come on, your marriage might be going through some things right now. And you can speak life into your marriage. 
There is power in our words. There is power in our tongues. And that power, the Holy Spirit will allow us to speak life and declare truth. James 3.10, one of Haley and I's favorite verses, like we tell this to our kids all the time, out of your mouth comes blessings and curses. You're stupid, hey, you're No! Out of your mouth comes blessings and curses. That's your sister, that's your brother, you're going to have them for life. You better like it now. We told this to youth, uh, to our students in youth ministry, we were in youth ministry all the time, out of your mouth comes back, but that one, we repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Out of your mouth comes blessings and curses. Let's use it for blessings. Let's use it for truth. Let's use it to change the world around us. James echoes the words of Proverbs regarding the tongue. Proverbs 10, 19-21. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack. Of wisdom. There is power in our words. Let's use it for good. Let's use it for God. Let's use it for the kingdom. But we need to understand while there are power in our words, and yes, we can use that for life, we need to know the contradictory character of our tongue. Because out of that same mouth can come blessings, but also can come curses. Think about someone who greatly influenced your life. Don't think about it for a minute. Maybe it was a, a parent. Family member of some sort, and it was a coach or a teacher, pastor, somebody, and they've spoken into your life, and they've, they've come alongside you, and they've greatly influenced in your life. Think about how that felt. Think about how I empower in that. Think about, maybe you didn't think that way about yourself. Maybe there were some things inside of you that you didn't see, and someone called that out of you. Think about how that felt. Think about how that may have changed the trajectory of your life. Maybe you were going down a particular path, and someone said, hey, this is not the way. But this is, and this is what I see in you. And, and think about how that made you feel and, and, and how that changed your life and how, how good that is. Think about someone, though, who has mainly influenced you in a negative way. And maybe said you're nothing. You're never going to be anything. You're stupid. You're this. You're that. What's wrong with you? Why don't you be like so and so? But think about how those words cut. Think about how, how, how devastating and destructive. Many of you, you're still living, you're still carrying those words and the weight of those words with you today. Why? Because there's power in words. And the tongue can speak blessings, but it can also speak cursings. Peter confessed in one moment that Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, blessed are you. But only to later on then deny that he even knew Jesus three times and he cursed. Peter, one of the leaders of the early church. Many of us, we do the same thing. James says these things ought not be so. Our speech should be consistently glorifying to God. Our speech should be consistently telling the truth. Our speech should be consistently praising God. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to be having praise on our lips and in our heart, right? That's what should be coming out of our mouth. We shouldn't use one vocabulary or one tone at church. I want to use something different and speak another type of way at home or at school or on our jobs. 
Like a spring of water, our mouth should be sent forth fresh and bitter from the same opening. One scholar, Moffat, says this outburst of James suggests that maybe he suffered from the strife of tongues in the religious world. And it reads like this transcript of bitter experience. Remember, he was the leader of the Jerusalem church, made up of mostly Messianic Jews. And the surrounding community were mainly traditional Jews. And they faced a lot of persecution from them because they're changing their ways. So maybe he experienced some bitterness throughout the religious world. So maybe he's speaking from that. And he says, thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. James points to the ultimate impossibility of such a contradiction. Think about it. If bad fruit and bitter water continue to come forth, it means there is no contradiction. Right? The tree is bad and the spring is bad. And it needs to be changed. The roots need to be pulled. Jesus taught Matthew 12, 34 through 37, I believe, uh, Pastor Eric touched on this last week, but uh, a man's words are revelation of his inner character. What's in us is going to come out. That's why we need Jesus to change us from the inside out. I can remember as a teenager, I, I developed this really bad habit of cursing because I thought it made me sound tough. Like, uh, you know, I didn't weigh a whole lot. I was kind of scrawny. Still am, but you know, it is what it is. I thought, man, you know, going into middle middle school was tough. If you don't know that message was tough. Let me pray for our students. But middle school was going to be tough. And I remember, man, maybe if I talk tough, maybe nobody, well, that, that, that backfired. It got me into more trouble. And I remember one time, the bell was ringing and this girl was in my seat. She wouldn't move. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to get in trouble. And man, I let her have it. up and down every word in the book, right? And she went ratting on me. <laughs> Not only was she sitting in my seat, she went and, and told on me, and the teacher calls me up, Kyle, oh, you know, so-and-so said you said these words. Was that true? No, this, I, I didn't say those things. Me? No, I lied. Day goes on, she calls me up later on, she's like, listen, um, she's still saying you said this. Like, I'm like, no. Finally, a third time throughout the day, I finally just came clean, like, yeah, you know what I said. She was sitting in my seat, bell rang, I didn't want to get trouble. She sends me to the principal's office, and I go to the principal's office. The principal wasn't there, and I leave him a note, and I swear, I promise you, I did not do this on purpose. I just wasn't thinking. I was thinking, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to get my behind. So I'm going to get my mouth washed out with soap, like, because my mom did that, and I'm going to get lit up season one, I get home. <laughs> so I said, I'm sorry, I did this, teacher sent me up here, this is, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. But I forgot to sign my name, and I promise you, before God and everybody in this church, I did not mean to not sign my name, okay? Promise. But I didn't sign my name, go back to class, I tell the teacher, listen, I, I left them a note, he wasn't there. Nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. I never got in trouble. The principal never called me in. I, I forgot to put my name on the note. I'm not saying that's a good thing. Maybe I should have gotten in trouble, but I did learn a lesson from there. But man, it goes to show you, like, like there's power in our words. We, we shouldn't be saved. But we're claiming to be Christ followers. We're claiming to be Christians. And there's certain things that shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. And if it is coming out of our mouth, guess what? It's a heart problem. There's something going on on the inside that needs to be changed and then he's laid down here at this altar and God cleans out in the name 
of Jesus. James says, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Think about how unnatural and how absurd it would look if a fig tree started bearing olive berries. Right? It's just as unnatural for a Christian to live in sin. Can he so live as to bear the fruits of iniquity instead of the fruits of righteousness? Spurgeon says that. God forbid that it should be so. See, this isn't a language thing. This isn't a, a, a habit thing. This isn't a behavior thing. This is a heart thing. Why? Because our, our faith fuels our works. Our belief fuels our behavior. And if the faith isn't right, if the belief isn't right, if the heart isn't right, guess what? The behavior is not going to be right. There needs to be a change and a working going on on the inside. It's not behavior modification. It's a heart transformation thing. It can only be changed from the inside out through Jesus. So know the power of your words. Know that there's a contradictory character of your tongue. And the third thing is, is know the struggle to submit your words to Christ. Because it is a struggle. Worship team, you guys can come on up. It is a struggle because sometimes, guess what? I want to say some things. Sometimes in traffic, someone cuts me off. I want to say some things. Come on, y'all. I'm not the only one. I don't know. There's sometimes you get in an argument with a family member and you want to say some things. There's sometimes somebody talks about your mama and you want to say some things. There's some of y'all, you're that hardcore about your teens and someone says something about your team, you want to say some things. Come on. And heaven forbid anybody say anything about your kids. Earrings coming up, boom, on my purse. There's some times when we want to we want to say some things. But as Christ followers, even though we want to say it, even though we might be justified in saying it, as Christ followers, we shouldn't. And there's a particular way we have to learn to handle those situations. A lady went to her pastor and said, Pastor, I struggle with my tongue. I want to put my tongue on the altar. The pastor looks at her and says, Oh, our altar is not that big. <laughs> words. Our words are influenced. Our words are influenced with experiences, things that we've been through. Good, bad, everything in between. Our words are influenced by our environment, maybe the way you grew up. Our words are influenced by culture. All the crazy slang words. I can't even keep up anymore with these young people and TikTok and all the things that are out there, all the hashtags and stuff like that. Some of y'all grew up saying daddy-o and cool cat and things like that. Moved on to like dope and all this kind of stuff. Now I'm talking about stuff like I got Pastor Trevor, you got the drip going on. Dripping that sauce. Me too looks good today. His clothes are on point. Who would have thought? I don't know if I want someone saying I'm dripping. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But it's provocative and it gets the people going. But we're influenced by all those things. We're influenced by the things. And, and because of that influence, it'll, it'll come out if, if, we, if we don't have a checked heart submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. I am thankful today that my words are redeemed in Christ. I'm thankful that I don't say some of the junk that I used to say. 
can think about some people that, that I've been mad at and I've let some things fly in a heat of the moment. I'm thankful that I don't give in to that anymore. Even though there's some times I really want to, I'm thankful. Because see, whatever you surrender to Christ is redeemed. Right? We do that with our tithes, don't we? Give your, your 10%, submit that to the Lord. So when we honor God with our finances, guess what? The 90% is redeemed and blessed. We do that with our lives. When I surrender my life to Christ, guess what? My life is redeemed and blessed. But I'm supposed to love the Lord God with all of my heart, mind, and soul. That includes every part of you, including your tongue. So I'm thankful that as I submit and as I surrender to the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and guess what part of that is? My tongue. Why? Because I'm giving him my heart. I'm giving him all of Your heart is a projector to everything. To your life, to other people. What's in it is going to shine, whether good or bad. It's going to project. Like we, we have a projector here and it's connected to a computer. So what we load on the computer projects on that screen. So whatever is in your heart is going to come out and be projected to everyone else. Why not project the goodness of God? Why not project uh, uh, life? Why not project truth? Why not project the power of God that has changed so many of us? Why not project the right fruit out there that might change things better than the wrong fruit? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.